Well, welcome to Bethel Harvest Church. We're glad you're here. Met some that are here for the first time, but uh, glad many of you are here normally. So this is not actually normal. How many were here last weekend? So you're getting like two weekends in a row, church in the lobby. Um, So let me address the obvious with that. Um, So we have three units, uh, HVAC units over top of the sanctuary um, that heat and cool it. And one of them is not functioning. And when it's, by the way, this is the 15th day with sub-freezing temperatures. Is anybody ready? It's like a heat spell today, like 39 degrees. Come on. Might go outside in a t-shirt just because I can. Uh, so, yeah, so like we, temperatures weren't able to keep up the two units. And so um, this week being below freezing again, um, they could get up there and work, but like checking the Freon and refilling with Freon, which is what we're hoping is the issue. Um, you can all pray in agreement with that one. That we So we have, and the others of you, you're like, wait, didn't we fix that? Didn't we just pay for a new thing and fix that? Well, there are six. Everybody say six. Uh, there are six units on the roof um, that heat and cool the whole building. So we have replaced three of those units. Whew. Can y'all just say prayers? Jesus, heal the HVAC. Yeah. So, um, so there's, we're not sure what we're going to have to do with that one. So just pray that it's a Freon fix and that when the f- temperatures rise, we can get that fixed this week. And we will have church in the sanctuary next week. That'll be fun. But a, a shout out to all the volunteers, Rory, Lenny in the back, our sound man, um, and a whole lot of t- the team who helped set up and make all this happen. Can we give them a round of applause? little bit of extra work to make it happen, but uh, you guys rock and you're awesome, and so thank you for that. Uh, a couple other things, just a little housekeeping. Hey, anybody notice I'm not Marion Dalton, so um, he is actually in Oklahoma this morning preaching, and uh, he doesn't. it's not like a typical weekend. He's going to be out the first Sunday of the year, um, but sometimes friends need you to kind of step in, and so friends needed him to step in today, and so he's ministering in Oklahoma there. And uh, so pray for him as he's doing that. And I think he's got two services there this morning. And then Pastor Steph is here, but she's in level one with your awesome kids. I think y'all should give a shout for Pastor Steph because she's awesome. So Pastor Steph is down there teaching um, your kids. She said something about um, pull-ups. She had like a pull-up bar, something for the lesson. I was like, if I was a betting man, I said, my son's going to be the first one to be like, I can do pull-ups. So... Anyways, we're going to honor God through our giving. Y'all ready to do that? Um, I wanted to share something with you, um, just something God spoke to me over this past week when I was journaling a little bit. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says this, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar. Everybody say soar. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Um, it's a great verse. And I read that a bunch and had it on some plaques, got it for graduation gifts. And I read it this time, though, and it says, you're going to soar on wings like eagles. And I just felt directed to do a little research on that. And so I Googled a little bit. Um, and do you know that eagles soar? They have the ability to flap their wings and fly. Like they have the strength to do that. But when they get the height, they soar. They could always flap their wings if they wanted to. 
but it's more efficient to soar. <laughs> Rory's flapping. I mean, I could get you up here, flap your wings. So, da, 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 da. yeah, okay, no. It's okay to have fun in church, y'all. So it's more efficient to soar is where I was at. It is actually, they used 1 20th of the energy when they are soaring. Y'all know what soaring is, right? It's just the wind. They get high enough. It's 1 20th the energy to soar versus flapping their wings. <coughs> so why am I sharing that with you? So here's the reason I want to share that with you. Because some of you in your finances, you've been flapping your wings. You've been expending a lot of energy. And you're like, maybe if I flap harder, maybe it'll work better if I flap harder. And I, I would just like to encourage you, how many would like your finances to soar in 2018? Anyone? A couple of, some of you were asleep. How many want your finances to soar in 2018? Yeah, we do. So how do you do that? Those who hope in the Lord is what the verse said. So if you flap your wings and you try to figure it out and you try to make it work and you try to budget, 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 should you budget? Yes, but more importantly, you should put your hope in the Lord. Because if you just flapping your wings, you're going to be like, maybe if I get up higher and then I jump. No, it doesn't work that way. If you're flapping your wings, you're going to fall down. But if you trust in the Lord, you're going to soar. Everybody, come on. Everybody give me a little soar. Come on. Make sound effects. Make sound. Don't hit the person in the head next to you. Yeah. Let's soar. Everybody say, I'm going to soar. Say, I'm going to put my hope in the Lord. So, like, some of you, that's a new thing. Like, in your finances, anyways. I mean, like, I'll hope in the Lord for my healing. I'll hope in the Lord for my marriage. But some of y'all need to do it in your money so you stop flapping your wings and falling on your butt. Oops, did I say that? I'm sorry. Was that a little too direct? Trust in the Lord, okay? Um, and so, whether that's tithing, like, tithing, give 10% of what you make back to Jesus because it's His. It's belo it belongs to Him. Maybe you're like, tithing? Oh, 10%? 10%? Are you serious? You're not ready. Take a step. Take, everybody say, take a step. Don't stay where you're at. Begin to trust and hope in the Lord in a deeper way. Amen? How many want to do that in 2018? Yeah. Do you realize, like, how much that's going to change your life if you just do that one thing? You trust in Him in this area of finances. Don't trust in Him in every other area except this one because you're not going to soar. Okay, that was it. So, if you want to give today... Um, soar. Let's, let's not, we should make it the soaring time, not the giving time. Should we do that? That would be fun. If you want to soar today, there's offering envelopes in the seat around you, or you can give through PushPay, and you just text BHC to 77977. Does anybody else have that memorized? What is it? You text BHC to 77977, and that's quick, secure, safe, easy way to go. Hey, while you're getting your giving ready, because you are getting your giving ready, right? Uh, let me tell you about a couple things coming up here. Um, two weeks from now, has anybody been around when Prophet Ed Trout has been here for services? Um, talked to some people this morning. They're like, oh, he's coming back. I can't wait. Um, so he will be here beginning on the 19th. That's Friday, the 19th of January through the 21st. So it's a Friday night at 7, Saturday at 10 a.m. and 7 p.m., that 10 a.m. typically turns out to be more of a workshop. So if like 
you want to learn about prophetic ministry and what that's all about and what it's supposed to be, um, this is the best teacher I've ever heard in my entire life on the topic. And so you should totally plan on being here for the weekend and then Sunday morning services and then Sunday night at 7 p.m. So going to be phenomenal, awesome, awesome, awesome. And you should invite friends and family and come and be here and it'll be an awesome time. Um, the other thing I want to tell you about, everybody turn around. Emmanuel and David are going to be put on the spot. Behind Emmanuel and David is a, look, look at that. Come on, give me a little banner. There you go. Good job, Emmanuel. A little Vanna White. These are our connect group opportunities right here. Very well done, Emmanuel. And uh, those will be relaunching that same week. Prophet Trout comes the week of the 21st. And so if you want to find out more information about men's groups, women's groups, couples groups, stop by that table or stop by the thing back there and pick up some of those and you'll find out about all those opportunities. Great, 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 great way to get connected in community here at Bethel. Um, I think that's it. Y'all ready to give? Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you for the opportunity to respond to your goodness and your love, God. God, I thank you that we do not have to uh, be content to flap our wings, whether it's our finances or any other way, God, but we can trust in you and learn to soar on wings like eagles. And uh, God, I thank you that 2018 is such a year that we do that in our finances and in every area of our lives. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to go Southern Gospel. Hadn't done that in a while. Anybody like Southern Gospel music? It, Two. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but my computer stopped working, but it'll work in one second. So are you ready? Does anybody like Southern gospel music? It might not be Southern gospel, but it's a crowd family song. It's, it's one of my favorites. So earlier I went gospel on the, on the offering. Here we go. So many times I've questioned certain circumstances or things I could not understand oh many times in trials weakness blurs my visions then my frustrations get so out of hand but it's then I am reminded I've never been forsaken I never had to stand one test alone you hear that yeah because when i look at all the victories and the spirit of god rises up in me and it's through the fire my weakness is made strong listen he never he never promised that the cross would not get heavy or the hill would not be hard to climb Oh, he never offered our victories without fighting. He said, help will always come in time. Just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision and the adversary says, give in. Just hold on, because our Lord will show up Yes, you will. And he will take you through the fire again. Listen to these words. Because I know within myself that I should surely perish. Oh, but if I trust in the mighty hand of God, he'll shield the flames again, again. He never promised. 
that the cross would not get heavy or the hill would not be hard to climb oh no he never offered our victories without fighting he said help will always come in time hey just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision and the adversary says give in just hold on because our lord will show up yes he will and he will take you through the fire again just hold on because our lord will show up and he'll take you through the Again, he'll take you through the fire again, Mark. Did you know it? Come on, flap those wings. Somebody's sore this morning. <laughs> That's my southern gospel. God bless you. Does anybody think Roy's Southern Gospel pretty good? I don't even know what's middle over here. Pull this out there. How y'all doing? Y'all good? How many would, uh, rather than sit through the next, I don't know, 40 minutes or so, and then leave the same, how many would like to be like totally different? Like, set a new tone, a new standard in your life. Um, because when we talk about open wide, we've been talking about that, uh, two words that God dropped in our pastor's spirit probably over a month ago now, were these two words of open wide. Everybody say it, open wide. This whole idea that if we will open wide our hearts, our lives to the Father, that we will experience a new level of his anointing, his, pe his presence, his power in our lives. And not just for us, but that we would open wide and position ourselves to be able to pour out to other people when they need it, no matter where we're at, no matter what the occasion calls for, <clears throat> because we've filled ourselves up with him, we're positioned to be able to pour out to other people. And that, that's what Open Wide is about. Um, we're in a, the midst of a 21-day fast. I won't ask for a raise of hands of who's fasting currently, but we're 14 days into it. Some of you are like, I didn't know we were fasting. Um, well, guess what? You're in now. We, now you know. So we've got 14 days left. Um, it'll end on the, the 21st, depending on how you started or whatever. Um, and so people are doing different things, and I'll kind of get into it a little bit and talk a little bit more. But a 21-day fast is not about, it's not just about food. It's about our hearts, right? Like open wide. Here you go. I got motions for you. Ready? Everybody do this. Open wide is about my heart. Opening wide to, to his heart. To his heart. So we're going to say our hearts open wide to his heart. Now say it like you mean it. Our hearts open wide to his heart. 
Now, why do I go through the motions like that? Because it's grade school? No, because I want you to like physically get yourself into a place where you're saying, this is about my heart. This isn't about Ty's heart. Like you get picked on when you sit on the front row. We'll go over to Trey. Oh, wait. They put tape on the floor and told me where I'm allowed to walk. And I just crossed over the line. So like I'm going to reach this way. Hello, Facebook Life. So it's about Trey's heart opening wide. Now, I can't open wide Trey's heart. Only Trey can make that decision. But you can be normal if you want to. And you can go through a 21-day fast and then just revert back to everything that you were doing before that. But if you're going to do that, can I just tell you, don't even waste your energy fasting. Because if you do a 21-day fast, or we'll call it 14 days, some of you are getting started today. If you do a 14-day fast, you open wide to the heart of Abba Father. You allow Him to pour in revelation and His love and His grace and His mercy. And God does a ton of stuff in you for 21 days, 14 days. And then you go back, you revert back to what normal was before that. You're going to be miserable. Because you've tasted and seen more. You've experienced more. And then you're just going to revert back and say, well, I guess that was just for 14 days. Don't do that to yourself. That's, that's mean. No one should be mean to yourself. But if on the other hand, if on the other hand, you're going to make a decision to say, you know what? The next 14 days are going to change my life. I'm not just restricting myself with a fast. Don't do this. Don't do that. I am making a shift to initiate a lifestyle of the kingdom. An open wide lifestyle that I live. Like this. Open wide. To his heart. Not my heart. My heart. Open wide to his heart. Now if you're going to do that. Buckle up, because God responds to those kind of prayers. God will respond to a heart that is open wide to him. But if you just do like the quick fix thing, it doesn't work, right? And we all know this, right? Because we've all tried it. 30 days to the body you love, right? You're going to do a diet that like sheds fat and builds muscle, right? And promises you, like, the beach body, whatever it is. But do the quick fixes ever work? Can I get a yes? No, I tricked you. Yes, I did, didn't I? Do they work? No, they don't work. They promise big and under-deliver. Because temporary change will bring temporary results. And that's why I'm talking to you about this fast. It's not temporary. This fast is not aimed at 21 days. This fast is aimed at a lifestyle of being open wide. At a long-term, eternal, lasting shift in our hearts. Everybody say, this is the beginning. So, so it's 21 days to start the year, not 21 days to check off your list and move on to the next thing. Or move back to the way it was before that. Um, but, but if you treat it like a resolution, it's not going to work. How many of you have made New Year's resolutions, set goals? Raise your hands. A few of you, not a ton. 50% of the population makes goals, resolutions. Um, but the headline resolutions are weight loss, exercise, stopping smoking, 
better money management, debt reduction. How many people who set resolutions, let me ask, actually fulfill them? Percentages, please? Huh? If you were in last service, you're not allowed to, to cheat. He said none. That's not accurate. 4%. Shout it out. Percentage. What do you think? Percentage of people that fulfill the resolutions they make. 10, 3, 2, 7, 20, 1%. The stat I got, I could probably get 10 others, but the stat I looked up was 8%. (coughs) 8% of people who set resolutions actually fulfill them. And why is that? Because you can talk about a whole lot of stuff, but unless you actually are ready to do something, it's not going to change. Another study said this. um, It said that resolutions are a form of cultural procrastination. Do I got any championship procrastinators in the room? Stop pointing at your spouse. That's mean. Um, Cultural procrastination. An effort to reinvent oneself. People make resolutions as a way of motivating themselves, the study said. But he argues that people aren't ready to change their habits, particularly bad habits, and that accounts for the high failure rate. Huh, genius scientists, huh? They don't change because they don't want to. Did you need a scientist to tell you that? How many have been around some people that are like, I'm totally going to change. Yeah, I'm going to do it, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get shredded. Yeah, I'm going to be awesome. going to hit the gym. And they don't do it because they're all talk. And we set ourselves up for failure like that. Went on and said, part of the problem is that we often choose the most unrealistic goals as resolutions under the false assumption that we can just be a completely different person in the new year. But in reality, change happens in small steps over time. Don't you love it when you hear somebody like, hey, what's your resolution this year? I'm going to get debt free in the next 32 days. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to pay off $50,000 a debt. I'm going to lose 50 pounds in the next 50 days, a pound a day. I can do it, man. I can do it. They're setting themselves up for failure, right? Because it is a, it's a lie to believe that we can just like that change into a new person, be a new person. But the reality is, like the study said, change happens in small steps over time. So why, why am I pushing into this? I'm pushing into this because I don't want you to think that a 21-day fast is going to totally revolutionize and change your life forever. I mean, it can be a starting point, but it's just initiating the change. It's not completing it. That's why I'm pushing into this, because if we will get a realization that this is just an initiation of a lifestyle of the kingdom, that we are getting open wide and we're positioning ourselves open wide and we're never going to close up again. We're going to stay just like this. And so we're using a fast as a strategy, a, a tool to get us in that position. To, because if you do one of those workouts and you lose a bunch of pounds in the first few days or the first month, and then you build on that, and you keep building on that, and you make it a lifestyle, that's when the real change comes, doesn't it? But if you just change things temporarily, you're going to get temporary results. How many want lasting change in your life? How many would like, at the end of 2018, 12 months from now, to feel like, not to feel, to experience the reality of an intimacy with your heavenly father like you've never had before? Like you wake up hearing his voice. Like you, you go to sleep at night and you sleep 
not in stress, not in frustration, not in wonder, not in anxiety, but you go to sleep at night in peace because you're so connected to the Father. And he says, my peace I give you, my peace I'll leave with you. So follows, if, if we can get that connected to the Father, we can have that peace, we can know his voice, we can, maybe we don't have all the answers, because that's not going to happen for anybody, right? But you can know the one who has the answers. You can be connected to a source that is unlimited and never runs dry. I mean, close your eyes, close your eyes just for a second. Feel that feeling of being that connected to the Father, of having the spiritual reality that you've envisioned for your life. Maybe it's getting back to a place that you've been before. Maybe it's getting to a place of connection with the Father you've never had before, but feel the feeling of being so connected to the Father. Let that smile come across your face as you think about, oh, wow, Daddy loves me, and I'm connected with him, and I know his heart, and I know his voice, and I know that I have a peace that passes my own understanding. Do you feel that? Okay, you can open your eyes. Guess what? He wants you to have exactly what you just imagined, what you visualized or felt, however you experienced that. He wants you to have that, but you cannot have that by just doing something for 21 or 14 days and expecting the whole world to change, but you can have it if you initiate a shift of your lifestyle that says, I'm going to live open to God in a way that I never have before. And that's what this fast is about. That's what this time is to position ourselves to be connected to the Father. And so I want to look in the book of Matthew. And uh, Jesus is quoted a lot in there talking about prayer and fasting. And really what you see as we get into it is that it's not so much about what we do, but it's about the condition of our heart. That it's about us being open wide and living a lifestyle of the kingdom. Um, so I'm going to read from Matthew 6, verse 7, if you want to go there. Pull it up on your phone if you want. <coughs> are you all ready? I'm not just doing this for me, am I? Are you all ready? Okay, here we go. It says, and when you pray, by the way, just pause right there. And when you pray, when, when, when you pray, not if. Like it's not someone else's job to pray. You all know that, right? Like, like, it's not the intercessor's job to pray. When you pray, Jordan, if you don't have a prayer life, nobody can have that for you. I mean, somebody can pray for you, but if you want your heart open wide to God, you have to pray. Look, look at somebody and say, you need to pray more. Some of you had a little attitude on that, didn't you? Look, look at the other person on the other side that you thought was more spiritual than the one you told to pray and tell them they need to pray more too. Matthew 6, verse 7, it says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And I, I want to say, Abba doesn't want our words. He wants our hearts. I mean, I know some people that pray some really fancy prayers. But I don't know if they connect to the heart of the Father. Some of you are like, I can't pray. Yes, you can. Do, you, you have a few words. 
They don't need to be fancy words, just some words to connect to the heart of the Father. Guess what? You can say some pretty powerful prayers without even using words if you just open wide. Connect to the heart of the Father. So Abba's not concerned about how many are your words or how impressive or numerous your words are. He's concerned about your heart. And if we'll open our heart, that's when God gets to connect with us and change us. Because the thing is, does anybody know anybody that is all talk and no action? Only one of you? Some of you are being nice. Good golly. I know a lot of people that talk a whole lot of smack, but they don't do anything. Um, I won't go back to any of this research again, but this was pretty good. Because when it comes to the kingdom, when it comes to this open wide lifestyle, it's not about our words. It's about what's happening on the inside. And so this article, a couple of them here about um, action. It says, hey, if you're serious about sticking to a goal in the new year, start as soon as you can. Don't wait for January 1st. Delaying serves as a form of culturally prescribed procrastination, which means, listen to this, <laughs> which means we feel good about uh, describing our intended resolutions to whoever asks. <coughs> Anybody know that guy? Work with that guy? Oh, man, I'm going to lose it. Man, I'm, I'm going to, like, you aren't even going to recognize these apps at the end of this year. Like, I'm going I'm to totally juice. Yep. I'm going to juice, man. I'm going to drink all the juices. Love the juices. Going to juice, 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 juice. I'm going to, like, I'm fast. They're talking about the fast and, like, all that they're going to do. Stop it! Stop talking. Stop talking already and just actually do something. Went on and it said that they, we're good at describing our intended resolutions to whoever asked, but we find it difficult to actually complete them in the new year. Um, don't be that guy. Another article says, but be careful about telling friends before you had success. Even without taking action toward a resolution, we can experience feelings of success simply by announcing our goals to complete them and showing off our ambition well before we've actually accomplished the goal. He said, sometimes it's the absolute worst thing you can do to tell everyone because it already gives you some kind of reward. And then this line, listen to this, your present self wins and your future self loses. Could you all say that? Present self wins. Future self loses. And I'm talking about this in the context of this fast and this open wide lifestyle, right? So you can be so jacked up about how spiritual you are, and, you know, Jeff, how you're going to, like, you're totally going to crush this fast, man. You're going to be, like, spiritual, and you're going to pray more, and you're going you're gonna to be a better husband, you're going to be a better dad, and, like, man, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, man. And you talk all about it, but we can talk so much about it that our present self wins, that we feel good. We feel spiritual. I mean, you'll feel if, like, you're going to be like, my wife is impressed with me, man, because I, I, I'm all about this. Fast. And like, you, your present self's going to win. Everybody's going to be like, man, Jeff's the man. He look how serious about this fast is. But you know what? He doesn't do anything, and his future self loses. His future wife and his kids lose because he got so focused on talking about it instead of doing it. And so I want to give you all this rule of thumb. If you want to live this open, wide lifestyle, less talking more doing. Less talk, more work. Because if we're just going to talk about being spiritual, talk about fasting, talk about being open wide, that's going to change nothing unless we put the work in. Now, what, what do I mean by work? <coughs> Probably not what you would expect, but we just read about some of that work. When we read those verses about how we should pray, it said, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is 
as it is in heaven. How many of you know that not, doesn't just happen? Like, I mean, the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That doesn't just happen if you wake up and say, oh, God, that'd be cool. No, it takes some work, like a fast. That's why I see this fast is a tool. It is not the mean, it's not the end-all, be-all. Yes, the fast is awesome. No, no, no. The fast is a strategy to get an outcome. What's the outcome we're after? The heart. The heart change. The change from the inside out. That's the outcome that we're pursuing. The fast is just a strategy to get us there, to open us up, to humble ourselves, to, to put our flesh where it belongs, not in charge, but under our spirit. And so you've got to do the work. So this fast, you, how many want to live an open, wide life? Like be totally wide open, have that vision of that intimacy with the Father. Guess what? You need to put some work in. And a fast is a heck of a way to get started on that, to position yourself to hear the voice of God. Everybody want to hear the voice of God more? Okay, fast. That's what the Bible taught. That's why God gave us this tool to get ourselves in a position to be more open, to be able to hear his voice more. So fasting is about, um, it's about the heart. But the, the method, the strategy, it's about food, okay? So fasting Facebook, not actually a fast, because <laughs> Facebook is not food. I know some of you think you need it as much as you need food, but it's not, okay? So fasting social media, TV, Netflix, reading books, hey, do that if you want to, but if you really want to fast, it's got to be some food. Push back your plate. Push back that glass or whatever you want and say, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice something physically so that I can get closer to God, so that I can be remove the distractions so that I can hear the voice of God more clearly. So everybody said, do the work. Uh, you know, another piece of the work, we read it there, it said um, that we should pray um, that, I just blanked on it, it's okay, I'm not nervous. The trusting piece. Yeah, let's talk about that. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. That means that if we're going to put work in in this fast, we're going to have to trust him more. How many had some stuff in 2017 that did not go the way that you wanted? <laughs> the laughter from the front row, yeah. <laughs> some stuff. Let me give you a list of things that didn't go the way they were supposed to go in 2017. And you'd like to just leave it there, right? Like, how many ready for a new year? God's going to do new things, right? Okay, but guess what? 2018, everything is not going to go exactly the way you want it to either. Guess what? Things are not going to go the way you always plan. We live in a fallen world. Things don't turn out perfect all the time, okay? So you know what you're going to have to do? The same thing I'm going to have to do is give us this day our daily bread. I'm going to have to trust God even when I don't get the answers I want. Even when it doesn't work out the way I think it should. Even when God doesn't answer me the way I think he should. Even when I'm confused and I'm anxious and I'm, I'm just grasping for hope or answers or solutions. I'm going to have to make a decision to say, you know what? God is my source of provision, not me. And I love you enough to tell you this. Some of y'all... You wasted a lot of energy in 2017 complaining. Like a lot of energy telling God how he should have answered your prayers. You, you wasted a lot of energy complaining and whining and belly aching 
because God didn't do what you thought he should do. Because someone hurts you and they shouldn't have hurt you. They let you down. And God, I thought you brought this person into my life to be a friend and to be there for me. And they rejected me. They abandoned me. They hurt me. And I, I trusted that person. And you've wasted a lot of energy complaining about some stuff. And I have a, a, a gentle word from the Lord for you this morning. Stop it! <laughs> Rory totally just jumped on the front row. That was awesome. No, seriously. Stop it! Do do you know how much that could change your life? If you would just stop complaining and start trusting God. He loves you. He has plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. All things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to His purpose. Grab onto some truth from God's Word and live into it. You don't need all the answers. You don't have to have all the solutions. It doesn't have to work out the way you thought it was going to. All you have to do is trust. And sometimes in the worst moments, in the worst circumstances, in the most confused state, broken state, hurt state, you can learn a beautiful trust of the Father. And you achieve a level of intimacy and connection with Him that you could get no other way. But it won't happen if you're wasting energy, belly aching and complaining. You want to do some work in this fast that changes you, that sets a new standard for 2018? Trust God. Trust Him. Now this next one, if you really want to do some serious work during this fast, this will change everything. Because that verse said, forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. So we're talking about forgiveness, right? And the first one said, forgive us our debts. So, so we've done some stuff. We've messed some things up. And that means if we want to do some serious work that will change our heart, we've got to repent. And some of you have some sin stuff going on in your life that you need to get rid of. You've tried it on your own and failed, so let's not do that. But what if we surrendered to Jesus those things that are holding us back? What if we made a decision to say, you know what, God? Search me. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And then, Jesus, lead me in the way everlasting. You, you want to be changed in this fast? You want to set a new standard? Pray that prayer. I dare you. God, God, is there anything in me that's creating a wall between my heart and your heart? Because if there is, God, I want to open wide. I, I, I want all of you in me. I don't want anything to create a, a division between your heart and my heart. I want all of you. And so I would challenge you, don't go through a fast and not eat some stuff and miss out on the deep work that God wants to do in you if you would just repent. Stop thinking about that breakthrough that's out there, that's something else, and start looking at the breakthrough that God wants to do in your heart because he will do it if you will open yourself up. 
And then you got the other side, forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. Is there anybody in your life that you need to forgive? Listen, I, I know you got this faith list, this prayer list, all that stuff's good. But those are byproducts of going after the real outcome that a fast should be focused on, and that is our, what? Our heart. So I'm challenging you to do the real work, and those byproducts, those breakthroughs, those answers, those all that, that'll come as a byproduct of you allowing him access to your heart and being changed. And some of you, you have some people in your life who have hurt you. They've hurt you in real ways, painful ways. Um, some of them, like I said earlier, they, they were people that you should have been able to trust, and you put trust in them, and they broke that trust. And you're angry over it, and you're bitter, and you're hurt over it. Some of you have been abused. Some of you have been abandoned. Some of you have just been overlooked, and that hurts because you don't feel important. And here's what I want to tell you. If you want the biggest, most important work that God could ever do in your life starting in 2018 and setting a new standard, let it go. Make a choice to forgive because the only person you are putting in bondage with that unforgiveness is you. You, you truly cannot have a future without forgiveness. You, you can pretend, you can create this idea of a life, but if you don't actually choose to forgive, you're always going to be held back. And, and if you want to do this work and do it for real, can I tell you a couple ways to know if you're really doing it for real? You need to come to a place where you can say, you know what, God, they don't have to get found out. They don't have to get caught for me to forgive them. They don't have to get punished for what they did to me. They don't even have to admit that they hurt me. I'm just going to choose to forgive them. I'm going to let them off the hook. And if you want to know if you've actually done this work of forgiveness, like right now you're like, oh yeah, I totally did that. Okay, can you pray for that person that hurts you and did wrong to you, can you pray for the blessings of God, the goodness of God, the prosperity of God on their lives with a genuine, sincere heart full of joy for that person? Because that's what will drive the nail in the coffin of unforgiveness. Pray God's blessings and goodness over them. And <laughs> I said at first service, you might not like it at first. You might not want to pray that prayer at first. It might be more like, God, bless them if you have to. But then somehow... As you can, can you pray, God bless them, God bless them, God bless them, God bless them, God. Oh my gosh, I actually want God to bless them. And something will change in your heart from the inside out. But you've got to choose to do that work. That's the real work. That's the change. That's the shift. That's the new standard of your life. But it will not happen if you just get rid of sweets for the next 14 days. Can that fast, getting rid of sweets for the next 14 days, shift you and get you spiritually focused and aligned and open yourself up? Yes, it can, but it's not about the sweets, okay? It's about what God is going to do in your heart. And so we've got to make a choice. I mean, there's others of you, there's different work that you need to do. 
Maybe it's not described there. Maybe you need to serve. That's the work you need to do. Maybe you need to, oh goodness, this is meddling here. Maybe you need to give God first place in your finances. Like surrender that control over your finances and say, I'm, because like you're like that whole sore, I want to soar, but you're like, I ain't going to trust him. Stop it. You're just holding your back. You're flapping your wings trying to do something you were never created to do on your own. And so you've got to do the work. You've got to stop talking about it, stop expressing your great ambition about it, and just do the work. You know, there's a, has anybody seen the movie The Voyage of the Dawn Treader? Chronicles of Narnia, not very many, wow, okay. I think I'll try this illustration anyways, we'll see if it goes. Um, so it's Chronicles of Narnia, C.S. Lewis, and so a lot of fantasy, but it's all an allegory about bigger truths. And so in this particular movie, there's Eustace, who is this annoying little cousin to the other kids in the movie. And Eustace, somehow, because of his temptation that he fell into, turns into a dragon, like fire-breathing, scaly, scary-looking dragon, okay? So you go through the course of the movie, and Eustace learns lessons, and he becomes better, and goodness begins to grow in his heart. And it comes to the end, and Eustace is actually going to be changed back from a dragon into a boy. But it's not an easy process to have that scaliness, darkness removed from him. And so this is how he describes it. And so like, as you think about the work, this, this is the work. This is what I'm, why I'm using this. He said, then the lion said, I I don't know if he actually spoke. He said, you will have to let me undress you. Oh, I forgot this part. The lion is Aslan, who's symbolic of Jesus, the Lord and Savior, right? So the lion is who's going to change him back, okay? Seriously, I hope you guys have seen it. (laughs) Says, I was afraid of his claws. I can tell you, but I was pretty nearly desperate now, so I just lay flat down on my back to let him do it. Listen, if you're desperate, listen, don't be scared of this process because he only wants good for you. He goes on and he says, the very first tear he made was so deep, and I thought it had gone right into my heart. And when he began pulling the skin off, the scales, it hurt worse than anything I'd ever felt. The thing that made me able to bear it was just the pleasure of feeling the stuff peel off. Let the stuff peel off. It might be painful, it might be unpleasant at first, but God will pierce your heart to peel off that unforgiveness, to peel off that pride, to peel off that ego, to peel off that hurt, that brokenness, whatever it is. Allow God to do the work to change you from the inside out. Some of you have been avoiding the work, the deep work, for a long time. It's time. It's time to allow God to do the deep work. It is going to be painful. It is going to hurt initially. But the joy and the pleasure of knowing that your heart is free and clear, connected to the Father. Nothing can touch that. Sabrina, I think God wants you to hear that specifically, that it's time. Like, deep work, you totally know what it is. Stop putting it off. Like, it's just time. Because there's a future 
that you desire, that he desires for you, but until you allow him to do the deep work. And there's like that wall. And so it's time. You knew that, but just confirmation for you. It's time. And I could say the same to every single person in here. Some of you, you know you've been putting it off. You've been delaying. You've been avoiding it. You've been acting like it's not there, that it doesn't need done, and it's time. Could everybody just say that to yourself? Say, it's time. All right, let's read these verses continuing on in Matthew 6, 16 to 21. It says, when you fast, by the way, when, not if, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Um, This fast, this open wide lifestyle, it's not about what you see and recognize. It's about the unseen and the secret stuff going on on the inside. And so I've got several more pages there. I don't really care about that. What I care about is don't, don't allow yourself to get distracted by what you can see. Let me be real practical on this. Some of you, like I mentioned before, you've got that list of breakthroughs you're believing for. Like, I want this to happen, and I want this answer, and I want this and that, and God, this is what I'm praying for. Um, Stop doing that. Because those are not the primary outcome that we're going after, remember? The primary outcome is a change of our, a change of our, our heart. So don't get distracted by secondary outcomes. Get focused on the primary outcome, which is the change of your heart, and open yourself up to that. And all that other stuff is just a byproduct of you being fully open to receive everything God has for you. So you you could be focused on, man, I'm going to get a breakthrough in my physical body. I'm going to drop some pounds. I'm going to get healthier. And you could lose some weight, but you could also lose the opportunity to hear the voice of God in your life. You could be so focused on this breakthrough, maybe a, a job or a relationship. God, I'm believing for this breakthrough. And you know what? God responds to our persistence. And if we keep asking and pushing and keep asking and pushing, you may get an answer to that relationship or a breakthrough in that job. And you could totally miss that God didn't want to give you that. He wanted to change your heart in relation to that job, in relation to that relationship. And so I want to say to you, don't get distracted by the outward. Allow God to be focused on the inward. So don't, don't be distracted by outward breakthrough and physical circumstances. Say, you know what, God, I'm going to be focused on the inward and the secret and the spiritual. And God, what is it that you want to do in me during this fast? How do you want to change my heart during this fast? Because if we do that, all that other stuff, it'll take care of itself. Don't, man looks at the outward appearance, right? But God looks at the heart. And so that's where we've got to be focused. Um, <coughs> all right, I'm just going to read these two verses and wrap up. This helping anybody? Oh, there it is. So this is out of the message, right? Again, we're still in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. It says, don't hoard treasures down here where it gets eaten by moths and corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars. 
stockpile treasures in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place where you will want to be and end up being. In the NIV, that verse is the one that says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But listen to these last couple verses. Your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide, everybody say, wide open. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a dank cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. So everybody squint. Squint, like really tight squint, like you can barely see, but just you can see a little bit, like I have like kind of a strobe light effect going on from dark to light. Okay, squint. Is everybody squinting? I can't see you, but you're squinting, right? Stop laughing at each other. Just squint. And now look around the room and kind of take in your surroundings while you're squinting. Well, you guys really do kind of look funny. Keep squinting. Sorry. Are you looking around, squinting? Kind of keep that squint as tight as you can squint. Okay, you can open your eyes. Now open them wide. Like exaggerate it. Come on, open them wide. Like your whole face open wide. Now look around. Take it all in. Look around. <laughs> Rory's taking pictures of your funny looking faces. <laughs> open wide. Do you feel the physical difference? There's a reason the scripture uses a very clear illustration. Stop living squinty-eyed and closed off and closed in. God did not make you to live like this. I mean, look how funny I look. And you got too many Christians walking around like this, like, I can't see what God wants me to do, and I don't know what, where to go, and I'm tripping over stuff in my life. And God's saying, well, that's because you're making a choice to live squinty-eyed. And God says, open wide. Open wide. And the Bible says that when you open wide in wonder, in belief, faith, filled with faith, of the goodness of God, that your whole body will be filled with light. And that's my prayer for you, for all of us during this fast, that we will open wide our hearts and our lives, that we will do the work, the real work, the deep work that needs to be done during this fast in our hearts, that we won't look at what's seen and visible, but we'll look at, we'll get focused on the unseen, the invisible, the true things, the deep things that God needs to do in our hearts. So I would challenge you, real practically, stop talking about anything to do with the fast. Like literally, some of you are wearing out your work associates and your family, they're like, shut up about the fast already, I'm trying to help you out. Stop talking about it and instead commit to the deep work. God, what do you need to do in me? What is the heart shift? Again, this is not just 14 days. This is initiating a lifestyle of being open wide like we never have before. And, and don't focus on the need that you have. If you want, thank God for his unlimited resources that are there for you. But don't focus on a little need. God can take care of that. Just be grateful for how big God is and how good God is. And all those other things, those secondary outcomes, those will take care of themselves as you get focused on the heart work. Amen? So, uh, if everybody would kind of close your eyes. I want to pray two prayers. 
and there's some of you in this room, and this is the first Sunday of the year, and maybe this was a big deal just to get to church on the first Sunday of the year, and you're setting a new tone, a new standard for your life this first Sunday of the year, and that's awesome, and I'm proud of you, and that's, that just rocks. But if you're in here and you've never had that decision in a moment to say, God, I choose you. I open my heart to you. I believe that Jesus Christ loves me. That God, you sent your son to die on the cross for the penalty of my sin so I don't have to be punished. So I don't have to be separated from God, but I can open my heart to Jesus, open my heart to love and grace and forgiveness, and I can be forever changed, forever, eternity. My eternal destination can be changed right now in a moment. Now that happens in one moment. But just like everything else I've been talking about, that's the beginning, the initiation of a life filled with light and the goodness of God like you've never known before. But it all starts with a decision in a moment. And so if you're in here this morning and you have never made that decision, or maybe you made that decision, but man, you know right now you're far from God. You've made decisions. You've went the other direction. You've walked away from faith. And you, you don't know that if you died today that you'd spend eternity in heaven with your Father who loves you. And so if you're here this morning and you need to make that decision, you need Jesus in your life, and you're saying, you know what? I'm done closing them off. I'm ready to open up. I'm ready to receive his love. So if that's you, this is what's going to happen. I'm gonna, in a moment, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right where you're at. I'm not going to ask you to move. We're going to pray all of us together right where you're at, and you're going to make the most important decision of your life, and we're going to do it right alongside you. And so if that's you, I'm praying that you have faith to respond right now because everything changes with this one decision. God, give them faith right now in Jesus' name. So on the count of three, if that's you, you need Jesus. One, two, three. Slip up your hand. We're going to pray for you. One, two. I see a couple hands over here. I see another young lady here. There's three people. That's four people. There's three people in the first service that gave their life to Jesus. Everything changes with this decision. Wow. Young and old. Wow. All right. Family, let's, let's do this together with those four that have raised their hand. Can you all pray this prayer with them, prayed in faith right now? Let's do it out loud, all of us together. You all repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me just as I am. Thank you for sending Jesus to take my punishment on the cross so that I could be forgiven. I believe it. I receive Jesus now as my Lord and my Savior. Today I'm new. Today I'm forgiven. Today I'll never be the same. I'm not going back. This is my new normal. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. I'd like seven people gave their life to Jesus today. Come on. Woo! Yes! This is why we exist, church. Okay, one more prayer, right? So if you're here today and um, you, you know there's something that you need to work on, this, there's a deep work that God wants to do, right? Or perhaps you've been focused maybe distracted with your focus on this fast. Maybe you've been more focused on the food or talking a little too much about it and, and God's kind of brought you back to the heart issues, to the, 
deep work that he needs to do. And you know today that God's kind of pinpointed. He's pierced your heart. You know that one thing that, hey, it's, it's, it's time. Um, would you mind just standing up where you're at? I'm going to pray for you. Maybe there's a shift of heart or there's one particular thing you need to work on. What is it for you? And you may not know right now. You may need to pray on that. I'm cool with that. But if you know, just go ahead and slip up. I'll give you a moment. Just throw your hands up as a sign of surrender. God, I I pray for every person standing, for those wrestling perhaps in their seats with what that thing is that you want to focus on with them, God. God, I pray that as they open wide their hearts to you, God, that your spirit will continue to convict and work and restore and bring hope and bring light and bring truth, God. Bring your grace to do for them what they cannot do for themselves, God. As they open wide to you, God, that level of intimacy and that drawing by your spirit, God. The fire of the spirit of God on the inside of them, God. is going to go to a whole other level, God. Not because they want to be recognized or seen, but God, that secret, that deep work, God, they are opening themselves to that, God, and you are going to answer every prayer. You're going to make those changes. You're going to guide them into the light, God. So Jesus, I thank you that you continue this work, that this isn't just 14 days left. This is an initiation of a lifestyle change from the inside out that begins in the heart, God. And God, we pray that 2018 that we are setting a new standard right now. We're not going back to normal, God. We're setting a new standard from this day forward. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, we've had church two weeks in a row in the lobby. It's a heat wave outside. You know, if you want to throw your coats off and go run around shirtless out there, I don't know. Um, We're so glad you came this morning. If you are a guest here and this was your first time, please make sure if you haven't already, stop by our VIP table down here. We've got a free gift for you and some people want to love on you. We kind of only had one small area they could get in the door, so I'm guessing most of the team, you got them all probably, but because our team's awesome. Um, But we do. We just want the opportunity to connect with you. So next two weeks from now, Prophet Trout will be here next week. Sign ups for connect groups. And um, yeah, once you all stand to your feet, I'm going to pray a prayer blessing. God, I thank you for every person here. God, as we go from here, God, let us live a lifestyle of open wide so that it changes and impacts every person around us. And we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We love you.